Um, Wild Bill. My man. You know him, Oh, huh? yeah. Oh, yeah. Wild Bill is awesome. He's I great. He's, I think he, I could be wrong. I think he just turned 44 or 45. He's, he's just great. He wants to know, of course, this is so funny. The way he words it is, when are you coming to Long Island and riding trails? <laughs> I sit in parentheses, I put, this is my my translation. In New York, they ask, or, or they don't ask if, just, just when. when. So, I've known... <laughs> it's assumed that you're coming down. It's a question. Well, when. he assumed right. It's just a matter of scheduling time to get there. Right. With Bill, I've actually known who Bill is for a long time. Bill... This is Bill Silent. Yep, no, this is Bill from Long Island. I don't know what Bill's last name is, because in New Jersey, we also have another Wild Bill. And... I just that know the dude, last name isn't Hecox. Yeah, no, no. Our wild bill is crazy. Yeah. He's out of his mind. Yeah. Like he's he's probably around the same age, but he, he may be he may be in his fifties now. Yeah. Totally different person. Yeah. But I had met Bill um, during like the staff BMX days. Staff was a bike shop that used to be in the skate park um, years ago. And he was Bill was super tight with the guy Bob that owned it. Oh, and some okay. of the older guys like Brad Gethard, John Jennings, um, like some of those guys. You can throw an answer in the middle of this. Uh, Cody Christopher wanted to know your favorite rider on staff. You can throw that in there. So if I had to pick a favorite staff rider, I never rode for staff, but I would always hang out there just because they were at the skate park. Uh-huh. Um, but those dudes were always awesome to me. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a favorite staff rider, mm-hmm. so staff had a stacked team. Stacked. I would have to say Brad Gethard. Brad Gethard was... And he's a Jersey guy. He was part of... Uh, Brad wrote, Brad wrote for was, staff. He was at the Kevin Robinson gym. He was the dude I was following through the dirt line. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah. So Brad Brad was kind of like my dad on the road. Like when I started doing shows, Brad was like kind of yeah. like the team manager, kind of making sure we weren't doing anything stupid. And, I think but Garrett Burns yep. mentioned Yeah, he's a, he's a friend of Garrett. Quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. Brad is... And they did the skate park quite a bit together. Yep. The one in uh, Tom Trevor. Tom Trevor, yep. yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So Brad, Brad was my childhood hero um, as far as riders go. Uh-huh. Brad, Brad was. A, remember when we were talking about having the older dude that we could go to as like kind of the mentor. Yeah. Brad was kind of that person for me. Oh, okay. Brad was a super competitive. He was a competitive pro. He would ride Roots Jam, do tour, triple crowns, all those mm-hmm. contests. But behind the scenes, he was the nicest dude in the world. Yeah. But he shredded. So like, it was funny when we were coming back from the the Kevin the Robinson gym. Uh huh. We're sitting in the car. Maddie's sleeping in the back. Corey's sleeping in the back. And Scotty and I are, are in the front. Mm-hmm. And Scotty, we kind of all looked up to Brad. Like Brad was that older generation that we were like, that's the dude we want to be like. Because he was a small guy, but he ripped. And Scotty said it because Brad told us that the Kevin Robinson gym was the second time he had rode that year. Like, this year, he only touched his bike twice. The other time was in January at the wheel mill. He hasn't touched his bike in between. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, Brad... It was funny. We're driving back, and Scotty goes, I was so stoked watching Brad ride. Yeah. And I, I told Brad that morning that we got there, I looked at the dirt line, I said, I need to follow you. Because I knew he would coach. He was, like, my coach when yeah. I was younger. But, like, on a totally different scale. Sure. But Brad has always been that we call our nickname for him is Uncle Brad. Oh, so okay. Scotty calls him that. Corey, myself, right, right. Um, Augie, Dom's cousin. Uh-huh. Uh, 
we all grew up, and Brad was kind of like our dad on the road. Yeah. So he's so favorite staff rider, definitely Brad Gethard. That's awesome. Um, but going back to Bill's question, Bill hung out, and Brad actually used to have this annual party called Mustachio Bashio. Okay. And everybody would grow out mustaches, and uh-huh. and Bill notoriously would win those contests right. of just looking wild. Right. So <laughs> about two, and I've known Bill from seeing him at different things, different events, and different skate parks. Yeah. Brad, uh, probably about two years ago, it may be a little longer than this now. Uh-huh. Brad calls me one day, like out of the blue. He goes, "Hey, you want to go ride trails?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "Where are we going? Area? Because that's Area 51 is like our local spot." He goes, no, 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 we're going to go to Long Island. We're going to go ride the boondocks. Oh, okay. I was like, I've heard it. Like, I've, a- I've had people ask me to go ride them, and I've just never had a reason to go out there. He goes, well, if we don't go, we're never going to be able to ride them because they're getting plowed next week. Did you go Labor Day weekend? I went for the jam. Whatever the last jam was is when I was there. I, I was there, too. No way. That was before we knew each other. Yeah. So... Did, were you part of the picture? When, remember the outside line? It had all humongous Yeah, on that, they did on the one landing. The, yeah. That was me taking no it. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I think at the... I was or on I may the have t- had someone take it with my phone, but... Well, yeah, I was there for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brad and I... Brad, myself, and another guy, Brad Jameson, who was actually one of the builders of... He was a, a ramp builder. Uh-huh. Um, he was from Rye and then moved to New Jersey. So, the three of us trekked out to Long Island, went to the boondocks. No way. And Brad and I made a deal with ourselves, and we said... Before we leave today, we are going to hit every jump in this place. And yeah. we did. Right. We just trained every line. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That place has some, had some crazy that stuff. That outside back line was gnarly. Then the yeah. shark fin line. Yes. Ugh. And we were just talking about that a couple weeks ago. I heard ago. it in, Russ, in Russ's and yeah. um, Kenny's interview. Because that shark fin... Was no I joke. Thought it was, I thought it was pretty serious. And they're like, no, no, it's not well, that it's big crazy. deal. And then someone said, yeah, it was like 20, 25 and feet. And flying. Yeah, and it, what's crazy, if I'm not mistaken, there was a jump that went over. Under. Oh, the line went underneath you the shark. You landed yep. and you went under the shark. So you You're had right. people crossing. Hopefully crossing. Yeah. But it was tight. But, I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah, if it was but long story short, one. Bill... Yeah. He got that, was my, that was my last time in Long Island. And him and Brad are like super buddy-buddy. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah, so every time I see Bill, like... It's always a huge hello from him. Oh, he's such a cool dude. I love that guy. He's so positive. He, he, we uh, we see each other probably a couple times a year. Actually, yeah. a lot of it's James. Just, yeah. You know. But, Bill, this interview will come out after, but I'm going to be in Long Island all this week. Are you really? Yeah, I'm actually going to be doing shows Monday to Thursday before really? I start my new uh, finance gig. No way. Yeah, so, Bill. you, you got to hit him up. If I get free so time, I'm places. coming to see you. But, He's going to want to bring you to, uh, to Kiko, I'm down Flatlands, for it. and there's one other secret spot. What, was the, totally what, was, the spot, what was the spot that was by the Shoreham track? Was that Panama? 7-Eleven. Yes, you're right. You're right. I'm almost positive that was it. Because this is when I was, this is probably like late 90s, early 2000s. I remember people used to leave the track during the national to go <laughs> hit the trails in between motos and then come back. Yeah. I'm Me, pretty I, was, sure I wasn't ready one. for that yet. I drove there so many times and I'm pretty sure that's it but I'm, if yeah. I'm wrong I'm sure someone will correct me on that one but but yeah Bill I'm coming and we're gonna ride some trails <laughs> that's awesome uh, Matt Cave from Australia he wants to know will you ever try to get redemption on the front flip over the spine or a similar spine and and I just put in my own words which park is he talking about so I don't know if you know the backstory of this um, uh, no. is this the one 
Do you have the picture on Instagram where you're pretty? Which time? <laughs> is, is, is a better This is question. one where you're you're two black eyes. You, no, no, no. That was actually no. That was that was, a rough that was the after. I'll I'll tell you about that one because that kind of goes into part of one of the front flip stories. Okay, go ahead. So, what he's referencing is, um, it's actually it was on my grandpa's birthday. I still remember December thirteenth, two thousand thirteen. I, in October before that, I got invited to a simple session out in Estonia. Really? Yeah. And. I was feeling really good on my bike. I was I was riding pretty full time at that point. Yeah. And I was getting ready. It was my first first year on DK. I was riding for Gatorade, so like I was I was amped up. Uh-huh. And this was my first attempt at going to another country to ride my bike. Yeah. And I always looked at simple session of like that's the contest before you are like you do good at that contest. It opens up doors everywhere else. Sure. So, in December, I'm at the skate park one Friday night. And I got hyped up. And I was thinking of trying new tricks. I'm like, what can I bring to the contest in February that is going to shock the world and be like a wow factor for me to kind of get my name out there more than I already was. Right. And I always wanted to learn how to front flip a spine. I tried it once. Long story short, I tried it. Yeah. And I broke my foot. I broke my foot in four spots that night. And I got cleared. So that was in December. The contest was in February. So I'm like, it was another due tour situation where I got hurt right before the contest. Right. I get cleared by my orthopedic four days before I'm supposed to fly to Europe. Right. I get cleared. So you haven't ridden for nope. six, so eight I, weeks or something. But here's the, here's the craziest part. Yeah. I rolled around incline two days. Mm-hmm. And then I took a day off, got on a flight to Europe. I go there. I, Joe, I, I cannot lie about this. I have never felt that good on my bike. I don't know what it was, but I get there and everything was clicking. Clicking like I, I had never done it. After all that time off? All that time off. So. And the, you think you'd be tentative. Like, yeah, you'd be, like, I told myself, back. I told myself, go there and just have a fun time. Just chill. Right, right. I said, it's not, yeah. it doesn't really matter. So I go there. Yeah. I'm riding practice, feel great. The last thing I remember about that trip was 20 minutes before my run was about to happen. So I basically, I was in like one of the second groups and like once, I think it was second group, second group. And I remember them telling us to get off the course because group two, heat one was going to go. That's the last thing I remember about Simple Session. I still, to this day, four years later, have no recollection of it. But what I watched, I watched the like a, a recording of what happened mm-hmm. I guess I must have been doing something before the box jump that I landed flat so I lost all my speed I think I was doing flip whips and 720s over the box jump and I landed flat before it mm-hmm. so I kind of I did like a weird sketchy little one-hander which I don't do that messing around yeah and after the box jump there was a volcano so it was a circular top and tranny sure. all around it yeah Behind the, the volcano was a quarter pipe, and to the side was a quarter pipe. So you can either hip the volcano or go straight over it like a box jump. Watching the video, I basically told I told myself I was going to jump it like a hip. Mm-hmm. And my body last second decided to go straight. So my, my arms and everything are off to my side. My body's facing forward. Oh, gosh. And my back wheel tagged the top, and I fell six feet to my face. Like, and all the impact went to my head. So I was laying there, suppose, um, Ryan Fudger from Rye was the first one out there to like try to get me 
conscious again. And I was sitting, I was laying there for like five minutes unconscious. Uh huh. Five yeah. minutes. Jeez. And what's even worse is my parents are sitting at home watching the live stream. And my dad's yelling, or told me he was yelling at the computer for me to get up for five minutes. And it wouldn't. Oh my gosh. Um, but thankfully, every, there's no like long term damage, at least that I know of yet. Right, right. So that was the outcome of broken foot number one, so, which is which, what's he talking about. Oh, my God. So a few years later, wow. obviously with the channel, we were doing channel challenges for every yeah. 100,000 and 50,000 subscribers. Right. So I told – it was my turn to do one. I said, Scott, I want to get redemption on my front foot. Oh, okay. All right. So we announced that day – we were doing an obstacle course. We announced that day that I was going to do the 600,000 challenge. Mm-hmm. And I was going to get redemption on the front foot. Yeah. That day, in the obstacle course, he calls me out to do a tail whip over from a, a little kicker over the pool. Okay. I do it. I land it. But my foot, my front foot landed on a crank arm and my back foot kind of put pressure. That I crushed my foot between the crank arm and the, oh. and the down tube of the frame. So the day we announced redemption, I broke another four bones in my feet. <laughs> So it gets, be- it gets better. Oh, my God. I go through. I heal up from that. I think like no surgery or anything like that. Yeah. I get cleared. Everything good to go. A couple months goes by. Now we're yeah. at 800000 So this is after <laughs> Scotty. This was after Scotty's accident. So I'm like, you know what? Oh, so I have to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we went to visit him at Kessler. And I said, it's going down. It's going to happen. He goes, your foot feel okay? Everything good? I was like, yeah, dude. I, I feel confident. I figured out what went wrong the first time. Yeah. I go to start doing it. I remember when we were talking before about when I learn a new trick, if it doesn't, if I can't see myself doing it first or second right. try, I'm not going to do it. Right. I fell the first one. I fell the second one. I fell the third one. I'm like, this is not going to work. But I told myself I need to keep doing this. Right. About seven tries in, I land in a way that I break another four bones in my other foot. So I just got out of the cast oh, on my yeah. one foot. Yeah. And now I have to have a boot on my other foot. So now we're talking three feet. So this is broken. The, the first one was in 2013, and yeah, then right. I have a hiatus. And now right. that we start right. talking about it again, yeah. here we go. Two more. Yep. Oh, I get cleared. Yeah. To start riding again. Mm-hmm. Four days later. Yeah. I go to do. We're doing another obstacle course, and I'm doing a, a double tie ride on a two by four. Yeah. Slide my foot. Uh huh. Break three bones in my, foot, oh. in my in my other foot. So I went. One, I went my right foot to my left foot, back to my right foot in a matter of seven months. Uh, All different bones each time. So if we're talking about the front flip again, yeah. it's not happening. I'm putting, the, I'm putting my foot down on that. Yeah, that right. one's not going down. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. All right, we'll switch to a happier subject. Cool. Uh, so, Sebastian Reitz. He wants to know, how many countries have you ridden in, and where's your favorite place to ride, as far as... Uh, um, just in the, general, all, or all what the country? Places okay. Been. Yeah. Um, I've ridden all across the U.S., or most of the U.S. Mm-hmm. I've ridden in Canada. I've ridden in Estonia. And country-wise, I think the only, one I, the only other one I went to was Australia. Oh, okay. And that was one of the more recent trips. Sure. If I had to pick a favorite, I'm going to do it in two categories. My favorite place to ride domestically uh-huh. and internationally. Right. I would say a favorite spot in the U.S. to ride. If I had to pick one thing to ride for the rest of my life would be the box jump room at the wheel. Yeah. That would be my favorite. Yes. 
Um, did, did, was this past winter the first time you guys yep. went? No, well, the first time I went. They had been first there multiple time, times. That's right. You and I talked about so that. So that okay. was my first time going, and yeah. I fell in love. Yeah. If I had to pick outside of the United States, I would say definitely Australia. Mm-hmm. Number one, because it feels like home. Right. Like, just kind of rolling around and pedaling around the city. But also, they have so many unique types of, of spots like we went to indoor skate parks we went to concrete parks they had dirt we, we didn't get to go to any of the dirt spots but looking at the stuff mm-hmm. it was cool but my dream spot that i haven't been to yet is gorge road in new zealand oh, that okay. dirt park in new zealand uh-huh. but hopefully i'll be able to get that out there someday but if not i'm soaked on the places that i've been to so far that's cool uh and shout out to the Patazis on uh on wheel mill because that was yeah, designed yeah, the, by them. They they killed it with that place. Yeah, and a couple others. Yeah. Um, what? It's like to me, it's gonna be too fair to like Yeah. Well, we'll be done. Yeah, we'll be fine. We should only have a couple left, right? Yeah. Cool. Yep. We'll go. Uh, we'll go rapid fire. Junior has a place to be. Yeah. No worries. Uh, let's I'll get, see. I'll make sure he gets there on time. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, let's, I'm going to, Dan from Edgewood Trails, oh, this could go, this could go pretty deep, so Dan, I'm, we're going to, uh, we're going to have to take a condensed version sure. on a heavy question. Okay. How did Scotty's accident affect you? Such a tough one, No, it, it, it is, but it, I think it's a good one to talk about mm-hmm. from our perspective. Yeah. And I'll, I'll keep this condensed for multiple reasons just because I can talk about this for an hour right. but I also know yeah. your son's got a, got a place to be yeah yeah um, I'll never forget sitting home that night mm-hmm. when I found out so the night the accident happened uh, they were out in Vegas so mm-hmm. we're three hours ahead over here I hear and I'm just like about to get in bed it's probably like 11.45 at night sure and my, my parents are sleeping yeah I hear my dad's cell phone go off and it's going off it rings again it rings again I hear him get out of bed and I hear him talking in and I knew this wasn't like a work related call oh yeah um, he came into my room that night and said Scott just called and I'm like alright like what's up and he goes Scotty just had an accident I was like okay like what does that mean right. I said well like, I, I didn't even think anything of it because it's like he goes Scott and Lisa are on their way out to, to Las Vegas right now. I'm like, well, what, what do you mean? Like, how bad is it? And he goes, they're not sure if he's going to make it through the night. And I'm like, I might. Like, you ever get, like, there's chills? Yeah. And, like, your heart just, your stomach just sinks? Mm-hmm. That's what I felt. Because I, I was still kind of in the dark. But right around the same time my dad was on the phone, before I knew what was happening, I actually got a text from Dom Simoncini. Mm-hmm. And he goes, dude, what's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, and all I write back is dot, dot, dot. And he right. goes, you didn't hear? And I'm surprised. I don't know where he heard it from at this point. But right. my dad walked into my room at like midnight and he's like, hey, like this is what's going on. So right. what was tough from my perspective, though, somebody that wasn't out in Vegas seeing it every day. Sure. I had to basically create... A visual in my head from the stories that people that were there that were telling me. So I was talking. Um, my dad was talking to Scott and Donna. My mom was talking to Donna. 
Uh-huh. I was communicating with um, Lisa briefly, but um, Big Boy was out there and Ronnie Surge was out there. Oh. So I'm I'm kind of taking the stories that they're telling me, the stories that Scott's telling my dad, Donna's telling my mom, right. and I'm creating a visual of what I'm supposed to see, what what I'm actually looking at. And once I heard a couple things were going on, I knew it was serious. And I, I tried just to just to say a prayer every night for them and just keep the family, just make sure that they're staying in a positive light for him. Because when, when I was told he's probably never going to walk again, he's never... Like, like every worst case scenario that you think about mm-hmm. that could possibly go wrong. And that's when I was younger. That's the way I looked at when I would try something. I said, does the bad outweigh the good? Like, is it worth it? So when I, look, when I looked at his accident, I really didn't, it didn't hit me until he came home. And when they air him mm-hmm. to Kessler, right. when he got back, we went, I think it was maybe a day or two after, they needed to get him settled in and, and accustomed to where he was going to be. And I go there, it was, um, I think, it may have been my dad and myself met up with um, Scott, Donna, Maddie was there, Corey was there, Big Boy, Ronnie, like everybody was pretty much there. And the first day I saw him, I had to walk out. I had to walk out of the room because I started tearing up because that was not my friend laying in that bed. The person that I knew, I've always seen and was with the day before. And what's crazy, this is the craziest part about his accident to me. Mm-hmm. The day, the last day I saw him before, That's right. the last day I saw him before his accident was the day I broke my foot in the opposite course. Oh, okay. And right before his accident, because him and I had that racing connection, was when Sam Willoughby had his accident. That's right. So Scotty and I were talking about Sam's accident every day every day we saw each other it was coming up so it was way too coincidental that the same type of accident happened to him right after I broke my foot the last day so for me I took it I took it kind of hard I would imagine how has it affected I I know this is kind of where he's heading with this but and, and I thought about this too I'm like how has that changed your approach to riding and the risk that you're willing to take yeah. versus the reward. Totally. So if if most people see my riding style now, it's it's definitely a lot mellower than it used to be. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is every session I would I would throw every trick that I had. Mm-hmm. Whether it was flip whips, front flips, triples, whatever, whatever you want to do. After, I'll even say after I broke my feet. I stopped seeing the risk reward because I realized the money that was being spent to go overseas to go to contests to get your name out there was more out of pocket than the potential that first place was. Right. And at that point, I'm like, I'm going out here. I had a super bad head injury mm-hmm. that I just didn't see it anymore. So mm-hmm. I started kind of mellowing it then. But with his, mm-hmm. if I never touched a bike another day in my life, I would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Just because. To me, that wasn't worth it. To put to put my family and friends through something like that mm-hmm. would kill me. If if I knew I was being selfish and not knowing where my limit was, it would it would mentally kill me. So and look what he ended up doing. Yeah, he and I'm telling you, turning it around, saying, "No, you guys are going to ride yeah, now." Yeah, 
You're gonna ride for me. And, and I'm so I'm so thankful that he is as stubborn and persistent as he is. Because yeah. I I'll be honest, if it was any any one of us that was in his position, uh-huh. I don't know that we would have had the mental stamina right. and strength to right. do what he did. Because that was his personality before the accident. Sure. He was very hard headed. Yeah. But if we if we say like riding and stuff like that, like I do it at my leisure. I do it for fun. And look, if, if we're able to do stuff and, and do cool things, uh-huh. but I do it at my own pace. Like if I want to go do a three double whip or, or some front flip combination, I, I can. I can choose to do that. Sure. But right now, riding to me is going, hanging out with my friends, doing stuff that we like to do right. and doing it safely and doing it in a way that we're not being selfish to everybody else around mm-hmm. us. So his accident absolutely had an effect both physically on my riding as well as an emotional connection. Gotcha. So, but I'm super thankful that everything has worked out the way it has for him. Oh my gosh, and, and, uh, so so much better than it could sure. have been. Oh, absolutely. We've, we've all experienced that, and that's hey, that's how we all met, just because of Scotty. It per- gives it definitely gives persisting. you a new it gives you a new perspective on life, and like especially even with my um, like my professional life, mm-hmm. like I don't want to be afraid of skipping out on opportunity like if something comes my way like just go for it don't don't let somebody tell you you can't do something or you're not good enough or you're not educated enough if you want to do it like you'll learn it you'll learn the skill you'll learn the trade mm-hmm. like to me getting into that finance world that was my jump that was my right. my leap of faith into something that I had no knowledge or experience in sure then I looked at him I'm like you know what dude this one's for you let yeah. me let me use you as my my outlet to do that. It always amazed me that I think he's done just as much more, if not um, at least he's, he's done more for BMX post injury, you could argue than, than he did pre. Yeah. I think, I think his, his persona is shown in a much different light from different angles because Mm -hmm. like, I feel like when we were younger, he was the superstar. Like he was that, he was that guy that was like the the level that you can only dream to get right where now he's still i think i I can argue that his his person now is Uh is way it's way bigger than when he was fully saturated in bmx but the person behind him like personality wise is still the same like he's still the same dude and that's what that's what i've always loved about him is he's just He's just him. He's consistent. He does, he does his thing, and he's super consistent. He he doesn't like to lose, whether it's on YouTube <laughs> or uh, when he was competing. Right. Um, but that, now hey, he's. I'm sure that's part of what keeps him going. Yeah, and you know, with, with him that. and I, like we come from totally different backgrounds. We yeah. like we do different things. We're into different stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like I know he's. We both have the best intentions for mm-hmm. each other. If if I need help with something, he's the first one to offer up. If Mm-hmm. If I know he needs help with work or, or whatever it may be. Right. Anything that dude needs, like, it's never a thought or a question. Right, right. Thank God all of his friends are, are doing the, yeah. d- doing, you know, dedicating yeah. as much of their time like you do to... That's just the way our friendship group works, and that's what's right. so cool about it. Is I think that's why the channel has evolved in the way it did, because mm-hmm. it's, it, it's truly a, a friend group that you can tell just the relationships that go on between people and that's more than just what's in front of the camera. Yeah. 
and you absolutely all have different personalities. Yeah. So to no, see no all that work that. together is, is pretty amazing. All right, so let me rip through a couple, yeah. rip through a couple I more. I gotta say, we gotta be in close. Uh, close. Uh, Danny Brady wanted to know, well, you know what? I'm just gonna shout you out, Danny. He, he wanted to know the best way to grow the BMX scene, but, and you're doing it. So I would say, I'd say, uh, just have fun with people that have a similar interest and, and scenes all grow organically. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yep. Uh, George, GH28. Not okay. sure who this is, but I appreciate the question. He says, in your eyes, what is the most impressive one-off trick you've pulled? I will say... Uh, this is a tough one. Because I think I forget about some of the tricks I've done in the past. But I'm going to narrow it down to, to three. Okay. One's going to be for just originality uh -huh. and uniqueness. Was you ever been to Sayreville Skate Park? I haven't, That's, but I have uh, a feeling I'll be going there yeah. somewhat soon. Okay, so when you're there, what I want you to look at is there's like where the, where the bowl is. And then on top, there's mm -hmm. like a little park street course. And at yeah. the top of the, at the top of like where you walk up, there's like a horseshoe. And on the end of the horseshoe, there's a tranny. Okay. It's probably a foot and a half wide by three feet long. It's okay. super quick. That I ended up, for one of the videos I filmed years ago, I ended up doing a front flip off of that out of the skate park. So for use of course, wow. that would be that would be my, my favorite. Yeah. As far as um, original trick that I never saw anybody do, but I knew it was done before, uh -huh. was um, I did... The skate park at Incline used to have a 90 degree quarter to quarter hip that I did uh -huh. backflip to Smith Grind on the hip. Gosh. Ran, like for something that I didn't think should have worked, it went like second try. You had to be so precise with that. Super close. So like I was riding up on the edge and just trying to time it and I had no idea what I was doing and I was like, and I did it the first time and my foot slipped off. I'm like, this is gonna work. And second try I got it. Right, right. Um, but if I had to pick an overall favorite of something that creative all over all around the coolest thing I think I've ever done and I'm not going to take credit but I think I may have been the first person to do it was a 540 tail to fake oh okay so I saw Pat Casey and Logan Martin do it maybe like a year after me mm -hmm. but I don't know if anybody did it before me oh okay but that would probably be the coolest to my eyes right of what I did right uh, <laughs> let's go right to Ricky Hoffman yes I saw this one I was so <laughs> Tell us, tell us about the world's first foot jam to whip and who was there to witness okay. it. Okay, so I'm going to correct Ricky on this. I was not the first in the world to do it. I was the second. <laughs> um, but what he's talking about is I did a Canadian tip. So you know what like a Canadian foot jam is? No. Okay, so you I mean, I, I would assume that just means that uh, Big Boy did a No, he jam. can't do it. <laughs> so what's funny is so think of this as a court piping. You have coping right here. Yeah. You go up, you do a 180, almost mm -hmm. like a nose pick oh. on the coping. Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah. What I did, and I saw Alex Coborn from England did mm -hmm. it a couple of months before I did, and I saw it. I'm like, I want to learn that. Yeah. So at Ski Park, we had this steep bank tranny that had no coping on the top. And what Ricky's referring to is I went up. Well, Alex did this before me, but I learned it. You go up, you do like a nose pick on the coping. Right. And kick a tail whip out of it and land. And I did that 10 years ago. Yeah, it was something that should not have worked, and it worked out. Wow. I don't remember everybody that was there, but I know Ricky was there. That's probably why he asked. 
and I landed it once and never did it again. Uh huh. But no, I did not. I was not the first in the world to do it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna finish with a quick one. Free Willy 1740 wants to know what's what's the first BMX video you ever watched and your favorite video now. Um, the first video I ever watched and I was given by the, the place that I bought well my parents bought my first BMX bike from uh -huh. they gave them they gave my parents a copy of Dead Sailor the GT video <laughs> that was my introduction to BMX like oh, wow. into the BMX world I right. should say right and what was awesome is on the, the the thing that stands out the most in Dead Sailor to me growing up as a little racer kid uh -huh. was do you remember do you know who Donnie Robinson is oh yeah okay absolutely. so Donnie Robinson little was, guy. His, was his he was 13 <laughs> yeah and riding this track unlike I've ever seen a little kid ride a track and he before. was still it was on power light wasn't he still riding like practically yeah. a mini yep you know yeah so that was like even to this day like my dad will make like the dude that ran power light in the commercial that they had in the video yeah. like Donnie Robinson 13 expert like he'll yeah. he'll quote my dad still to this day 20 years later will quote Dead Sailor <laughs> um, oh, but if funny. I had to pick a favorite video now. Eric Bartoldus, I think, was the team. Yeah. Big E. Yeah, Big yep. E. Um, if I had to pick a DVD, I really like, I really like Anthem 2, just mm -hmm. because I like the, the dirt scene. Right. I like the Deadline video just because it's a, a lot of dudes that I grew up riding with and some of my good friends are in that video. What's but it I, called? Deadline? Deadline. So it's Garrett Reynolds' oh. video. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it was um, Garrett Reynolds, Colin Varniak, who I grew up racing with. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's him and I. We have that connection. Garrett, I, I grew up riding skate park with. Um, I'm I'm was that whole video, and that blew the street scene up. Like, oh, that was awesome. the big. Yeah. And if I had to pick one more, it would probably be the Market DVD. So, Dennis Anderson's video. Oh, okay. I really like that one. Um, yeah. But as far as, like, because I feel like you see more web videos and stuff that, like, get you stoked on, like, a session or whatever. Yeah. I love love watching anything that either Kevin Peraza or Pat Casey put out. Oh, okay. Like, if I had to figure out something to go get hyped up on, like, before a session, like, I used to, like, I used to do this all the time before I would go ride, I would, I would put a video on YouTube and just play it real quick, and it would either be something from Pat Casey or Kevin Peraza. Oh, okay. Which, they're both dudes that are younger than me, but their riding styles are so unique and so right. amazing. Right. I'm like, dude, like, that, that gets me stoked. Not too much younger than you. No. Enough. Well, Kevin is, yeah, but yeah. Pat? Pat's like two or three years younger. Oh, okay. But. Yeah. Um, that's it. Just, cool. you know, if you want to shout out any friends, sponsors, sure. anything, you know, special people in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, first and foremost, my family. Um, my mom, my dad, my sister, all my grandparents, aunts, uncles, all that fun stuff. Because I don't have a super big family, but everybody's super tight-knit. Mm-hmm. Um, La Familia. My girlfriend, obviously, she's super supportive. My All my friends, the whole Scotty Kramer crew, everybody I've met in this BMX journey that I've been on that I never knew this is where it would take us to. Um, right. Sponsors throughout the years, friends that I've made, um, just everybody that supports us in, in what we do now. I can't thank you guys enough because you've given us opportunities that I didn't even think were possible when, we, when I was focused on this full-time. Sure. So... Just super appreciative of everybody that watches our stuff and, and enjoys what we do for the BMX community. Mm -hmm. So, that's it, I think. Definitely appreciate it, that's for sure, everything you guys do. You guys are making a difference, for sure. Still, Trying. it's amazing. It just keeps growing. I look at it as if we can get one new kid stoked on what we're doing, mm -hmm. we're doing our jobs. Doing and that goes, that goes in every aspect of life, whether it's professional, recreational. Right. But... 
just be good to other people. It doesn't matter if you're good or, or not the, not so good at something. Like, just have fun with what you're doing and just be good to other people. Right. Like, I would never, I would never want somebody to see me and be like, wow, like, he was a dick. Like, I want, I want to be known as like that guy that's nice to people I see, helping out where I can. But also, if somebody has a question or they want to ask me something, I want them to, to go for that. Right. Right. I don't think you'll have any problem there. I don't think you I have hope. had any problem there. <laughs> So that's it, I think. Yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for doing it. Thanks so much, it. I, appreciate I appreciate it. it. We finally got it done. We finally lined up a, a day. We did. Um, but this is this has been great. It always, these are always fun for me. A ton of fun for me. I could just go on forever talking with friends. Yeah. And uh, this has been awesome. Yeah. So thank you. You got it, dude.